With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome into the show for a Monday from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio here in Lexington. Happy Valentine's Day as we get into another week of a lot of college basketball conversation. A little uh, glance back at the Super Bowl on this one. Goose Givens will join us, the former Wildcat player, Hall of Famer, legend of the Final Four. Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. That's our lineup for today. Uh, Super Bowl was certainly entertaining. A lot of Bengal fans in this area, so uh, a heartbreaker again. Bengals have played in three Super Bowls. All of them have gone right down to the end, and uh, this one was just uh, a, a gut punch for Bengal fans. A couple of things I saw this morning, just a couple of clips. Uh, it, the officiating is going to be a big talk for Bengal fans. So there were two key penalties on the Rams' uh winning touchdown drive. Second one was clearly a penalty. First one, for what they let go during that entire game, uh, that shouldn't have been called. And there was an illegal procedure right at the snap that should have been called that wasn't. So that'll eat at Bengal fans. But it was frustrating just you know, as a fan watching a game where the officials didn't pretty much didn't call anything the entire game. And then they uh, get inserted into the mix right at the end. And then on the last play for the Bengals, uh, there's a wide view I saw this morning where just as uh, Joe Burrow is being tackled by Aaron Donald, who was otherworldly on that last Bengals drive, uh, just as Donald is tackling him, Jamar Chase breaks open as uh, Jalen Ramsey fell down. Would have been an easy touchdown throw. So tough, tough beat for the Bengals. But uh, you hope they'll be back with all those young stars that they have. Uh, let's get to the Wildcat news of the day. It is a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Nice win for Kentucky on Saturday, 78-57 over the Florida Gators at Rupp Arena, but a lot of concern coming out of this one for Ty Ty Washington, who is uh, injured for the second time. He, of course, injured the ankle down at Auburn and missed a couple of games, and now uh, don't know... They just said a lower leg injury, so don't know if it's uh, if he tweaked the ankle injury or if he maybe you know twisted a knee or something, but they've just said lower ankle injury and day-to-day. Rob Doster of the Field of 68 Network, uh, former NBC sports writer, he quoted a source close to that program, unquote, that uh, it's uh, just an ankle, quote, and uh, they don't think it's all that serious. Uh, Kentucky goes to Tennessee tomorrow, so we'll see. When Kentucky blasted Tennessee last month here in Lexington, Ty Ty had 28 in that game. On Saturday, Oscar Shibwe went for 27 and 19. Fifth 
game this season with at least 20 points and 15 rebounds. He's the first player to do that in the SEC in 25 years. He's the first player with multiple 25 and 15 games since Kenny Walker did it at Kentucky in 85. Uh, 12 consecutive double-figure rebound games. Last player to do that was Dan Issel in 1970. Uh, Oscar's just 18 rebounds away from 400. And in the uh, book Mike Pratt and I have out on our 20 years calling Kentucky games, we have some lists at the end, and one of them is uh, underappreciated players. And I had Julius, I think, at the top of that list. uh, And he got over 400 rebounds in the 2014 season. He's the only player to do that since 55. So I think that just serves to underscore that uh, Julius' numbers he put up uh, don't get the uh, the recognition that they deserve. So maybe we'll get a little love to uh, to Julius as we're uh, throwing the bouquets at Oscar Shibway for his rebounding. So he might get the 18 against Tennessee tomorrow night to get into the 400 club. And he's got a real shot to be, I think, one of three players to get to 500 rebounds in a season. Uh, only five turnovers in the game for Kentucky, none by the guards, which was uh, particularly noteworthy. And uh, Kentucky's now up to number three. In the latest net rankings, that's what the the NCAA Tournament Committee uses. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter had a report yesterday about uh, the Rams' offense coordinator job because they're losing their OC to the Vikings uh, this week. Liam Cohen, according to Schefter, will be a prime candidate for that job, at least from the Rams' perspective. We don't know what Liam thinks about it, but um, that'll be something to certainly follow here probably in the coming days or a week or two at the most. I wouldn't think it would take too long to play out. Uh, Kentucky women beat Alabama yesterday, 67-63, to a much-needed win for their psyche, I'm sure. Adriana Edwards had a big game with 24 points. And Virginia Tech, number 13 in the country, handled them, handed the number 19 Kentucky softball team its first loss of the season, 6-1 to yesterday. So Kentucky had started off with four consecutive wins. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our show is served up and the Wildcat News of the Day is uh, served up by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Go to Giuseppe'sLexington.com. You can order gift cards there. Go to uh, Open Table make a reservation for a special occasion. I would imagine they're already booked up for Valentine's Day tonight, but there will be other special occasions, holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, and there's no place better to go for those special occasions than Giuseppe's. It's at a Lexington institution for more than a quarter of a century out on Nicholasville Road, uh, tucked away just off Nicholasville Road, and it is a wonderful dining experience with live jazz music every night. We'll be back with the Goose Jack Gibbons here on the Leach Report. get to a radio you can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com now back to the show Into the Valentine's Day edition of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington and the Goose, Jack Evans, joins us now to talk a little Kentucky basketball. Um, Jack, let's start with what Oscar is doing. Uh, a couple of times, one of your old teammates has popped up, uh, Mike Phillips, uh, where Oscar got to you know twenty rebounds in a game. Uh, they had 30 and 21 game, and uh, Mike was the last guy to do it in 76. I mean, uh, he's got the 
12 straight double-figure rebounds, uh, rebound games. Issel's the last guy to do that. So, I mean, if you're going back to Mike Phillips, Dan Issel, and then maybe eventually he may get into the 50s when we're tracing records, that's pretty strong achievement, isn't it? It, it really is. And you, um, you mentioned uh, something a little while ago about underappreciated. I think you can also um, uh, use that term to de- define Mike Phillips as well. Yes, I mean, that's a good point. He's a good Ma- one. Yeah, Mike had some really, really big games, and he was steady. He didn't always uh, lead the team in scoring or rebounding, but his numbers were always significant. When you uh, you look at what uh, Oscar is doing um, it, and, and realize that, hey, man, I played with a guy who had some pretty big rebounding games also. It's very good, but um, I'm just so impressed um, uh, with Oscar, um, especially – and I know with what he's doing on defense, it sounds, uh, I mean, on rebound, and it sounds kind of strange, but I'm even more impressed with what he's doing on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, because early on, when he came last year and he was working out with the team, uh, uh, and even early this year, you kind of think, well, man, it'd be nice if we could uh, luck into some points with Oscar. He's going to get all the rebounds. And, Boy, look, they're running plays for him, and he's executing. Uh, I guess also, Tom, we, we, we can kind of do away with this thing about him struggling against guys, long guys, guys with length. Yeah. Uh, because he, well. uh, you know, we can stop saying that now because everybody said, yeah, but the only people giving him trouble are those seven-footers, and he had one uh, uh, Saturday that he totally took advantage of. Yeah, that's a really good point that that speaks to him being coachable because he got burned on the pick and roll frequently down at Auburn, and he plays that much better now. Uh, Florida hit a couple of them on Saturday, but you're not going to be perfect. But I mean, he clearly is, you know, learned and, and took the coaching from that. And then what you're talking about, he's learning maybe how to to be able to score better against guys who uh, who are longer. I thought he did a good job of kind of getting into the body of, of Castleton and negating some of the, the shot-blocking presence because Castleton had blocked up something like 18 shots in the last four games and had one uh, on Saturday. So that's a, that's a really good point that speaks to him kind of taking the coaching. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I remember uh, vividly uh, those early practices. I'm talking about this year, the first uh, maybe three weeks, uh, how many times uh, Coach Kyle said to him, Rebound with two hands. Go up and get it with two hands. And it's, and Oscar would kind of look at him like, yeah, but I got the rebound. What are you, what are you complaining about? I got it. Uh, well, now we see because of all the contact he's getting, the difference in, uh, rebounding with two hands. Um, I mean, I know that's a little thing, but who knows, uh, if he would be averaging that much had coaching his staff not put the time in to coach him in that area as well, even though he's a good rebounder, to coach him to make him better. So, um, And the other thing, uh, Tom, you have to talk about with Oscar, and, and I love, I love, I mean, I love watching him in practice, but I love watching his pregame uh, routine where he is one of the first guys out there. And uh, he and Orlando, I mean, how many shots he puts up, how many moves he makes, and even going out to the three-point line and shooting threes. I mean, they put him through it, and he welcomes it all, man. He's like, please, get, show me something new. 
And that is a good sign of a guy who is coachable and who's going to continue to get better. Savir had been struggling with his shot. I think had made three of 24 over the last three or four games coming into Saturday. And I heard uh, as I was coming in, you and Dave on the pregame show talking about Savir was out earlier than usual uh, on Saturday, and it paid off. He got some shots in. He, he was out, um, um, and he's one of the first, He's always one of the first group of guys to show up because they have two buses, uh, vans coming over from the uh, from the lodge, and you can elect to be on the first van or you can elect to be on the second van. And he's one of those who's always on the uh, uh, first van. So yeah, but yeah, he was out there, and the thing he did was he stayed out there longer than he normally does. And he, he works on his ball handling, but he spent most of the time working on his shot. I, I think the thing that is most important with him is even when he doesn't score, he is the most disruptive and the most effective player and the most, in a lot of ways, the most valuable player on the floor for this Kentucky team. Because when he's out for foul trouble, whatever we all know the offense doesn't look nearly as good. He understands his role as not necessarily to score points. Um, it's to make sure he runs the offense and get guys shot. But it was good to see him make a couple. And that, that first one he made, I think it was that three. It didn't mm-hmm. want to go in. I mean, <laughs> it did everything it could to come out. But he stayed with the follow-through, and that helped it to go in. As a freshman, you played on a, on a senior-dominated team with uh, Grevy and Connor and those guys that got to the championship game. And then uh, four years later, you were uh, one of the seniors in a, a veteran-dominated group that won the championship. We don't see senior-dominated teams anymore, but by today's standards, this is an old group that uh, Cal has, and it's certainly his oldest team. And maybe that that's why they uh, seem to, to really – take the coaching to the degree that they do. He said, uh, I think it was a Saturday before last, after the Alabama game, that this might be his best team in terms of uh, you know, absorbing and, and the scouting report and, and putting that into play. And you watch their practices, and, and I see every one of their shoot-arounds, and it's, it is kind of neat to, to see this group, uh, how you, know, you see them work on things, and then you see them put into practice, and that's really coming through on the defensive end right now. It, it is, and they're, they're playing some really, really impressive defense. I mean, early in the season, there were uh, straight-line drives to the basket, which put pressure on Oscar and, and, and forced him to get in foul trouble. This team, yeah, uh, they have uh, really, really been able to put it together. And, and again, I, I go to game day preparation, and um, that hour and a half, uh, before the game even starts, man, to see all of these. And it's all the vets. I mean, I'm telling you who it is. I mean, it's 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 guys like uh, Brooks, who's out there shooting, and Toppin, who's out there shooting. Mintz is out there shooting. Um, you know, Grady is the first one out there shooting. I mean, it's, it's, it's these veterans who understand that they have to get their bodies ready and their minds ready for the games. Um, so they make sure that at game time they're ready to play. Another area, Tom, I think you might agree that it shows is that young teams and our young teams have always kind of played to the level of the competition. Um, if, it's, if it's not a, a really good team, you'll see them not 
approach the game the same way. They don't spend their time getting ready the same way. Uh, and they and it shows in how they play during the game. Uh, now, this team, man, people ask me if, if, if this is kind of a, a – uh, one of those games where you can overlook somebody because you have somebody else coming up on the schedule. Is that a problem? I say, well, if it is, I haven't seen it. So that is another really, really good quality with this team to this point when it comes to the veterans and how they react to the games and, and the competition. Really good point. Uh, talking with the Goose, Jack Givens, one last question. If Ty Ty can't go tomorrow, can they win at Tennessee if they don't have him? Um, yeah, I think they can. And uh, the reason I think they can is because they've been without him. Um, they've, they've, and they've figured out ways to win. They were without Wheeler, uh, the, the guy who I won on the floor most of any of them almost. Uh, they, they won without him. They've kind of figured out, um, how to make it work without necessarily being fully loaded. Uh, I hope he's ready to play. I feel a whole lot better going into that game with him in the lineup. Amen to that. Jack, thank you much for the time. Tom, I appreciate it as always. Thank you. At Goose Givens on Twitter, and you'll, of course, hear him with Dave Baker on the Countdown to Tip-Off show uh, 90 minutes before tip-off is when it starts. We'll be right back with a Leach Report. Served up by Wild Eggs and Lexington. On Talk Radio 1080, tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. We're talking with Jack there in the last segment about how well this team takes the coaching and then the scouting report. Um, on the pregame show, Cal talked about something Saturday that he put in a, a new way to attack Florida's press, and he put it in the day before the game. Uh, and he wanted to avoid Florida being able to slow Kentucky down. And so Kentucky ended up being able to score 78 points, and Florida ended up not pressing a lot. Here was what he said. Normally, I would not say we're changing our press attack because of how they play the day before. I did. Because I said, I showed them on tape, can you do this? Because I've done it in the past, and it's been effective. They all said, yeah, we can do that. And then we came out, and now we... Now, if they're thrown away in the press, then I probably made a mistake. It shouldn't have changed. But I just think they're smart enough. And what I don't want is a 2-2-1 that's not even to dictate the tempo of the game. I don't want that. I want us to be able to attack. If you spread the court, we're trying to score 100. Um, so that's, that's what's great. We changed a little bit. I'm trying to get a player or two for um, um, Kellen, maybe to get a shot or two. So we're doing some of the stuff a little bit different for him. Like hearing that, too, that they uh, started to run a, maybe a few more things for Grady because he is really shooting it well right now, basically getting about four threes every game. We'll be right back with Kyle Tucker on the Leach Report. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. My lonely days 
are over. From the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, it is the Leach Report on a Valentine's Day. This one's for my wife. Uh, her One of her faves, Etta James, at last on this Valentine's Day. Kyle Tucker joins us now from TheAthletic.com, as he does on Mondays. Big plans for Valentine's Day? Got that taken care of already? Oh yeah, just got the. This is a this is a big kid Valentine's Day. So, <laughs> we, oh, I saw the pictures for the Valentine's show. dance. That was cute. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, they've hit the stage where they sort of grasp all these holidays, so it's kind of fun. Well, how, if you're a kid, how can you not grasp a holiday where there's some candy involved? Oh yeah, that seems like they all have candy now. <laughs> my kids. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I don't think I'm ever gonna. My diet's ever gonna recover from all the candy my kids bring home every every month or so. All right, well, let's uh, shift into a little Kentucky basketball and a uh, a nice win on uh, Saturday. Kentucky, I think, has uh, several quad one opportunities down the stretch here to enhance their tournament resume. And uh, this was, I think, a quad two win, but uh, will be a, a quad one if Kentucky gets it down in Gainesville. But, you know, like the one tomorrow night at Tennessee, the one at Arkansas, uh, those are quad one win opportunities. So uh, they're going to have ample opportunity to uh, solidify a, a one seed, which I would think they would probably have at, at the moment, right? Yeah, they got to be close. If they're not, if they're not already there, they've got to be close. But yeah, I, I think every opportunity exists for them to just drive that point home. Uh, it's going to be interesting too. Just, I mean, it doesn't really matter at all, um, other than just sort of like um, uh, footnotes. But yeah, there, there may be an opportunity at some point for Kentucky to get to number one in the polls uh, with yeah. the games they have coming, and you know, if somebody else falters, um, you could certainly see Auburn lose again. Gonzaga, I don't know. We'll see, but. Um, and they've been number one, like at some point in, uh, what, seven of the seasons, Cal, seven or eight of the seasons, Cal's been the coach, but, uh, feels like it's been a long time <laughs> since they've been there. Uh, that'd be interesting as well. I don't know if anybody can get Gonzaga. Let me pull up what they, uh, have coming up here in their schedule. They are, well, they, they play at San Francisco and at St. Mary's, both of which are good. Top thirty Ken Palm teams, and they play them both on the road. So possible uh, three of their last, they also play Pepperdine on the road, which which isn't any good, and Santa Clara at home. So San Francisco or St. Mary's could get them, and then probably one of those two could conceivably get them in their league tournament. If that were to happen, how about Kentucky and Auburn on Sunday at the SEC tournament for the number one ranking going into the tournament into the big tournament? Wait, say that again. I could you broke up at the end. Gonzaga loses somewhere along the way here, and then it's Kentucky and Auburn on Sunday in Tampa at the SEC tournament, and the winner's the number one ranked team going into the big tournament. How about that? Yeah, and and, and I guess could be number one overall seed, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would think. I mean, I would I would think if Kentucky certainly if Kentucky wins out, like wins out the rest of the way, all the way through the SEC tournament, uh, I think there's a there's a, a very good chance of that. Now, you know. How do they look with, without Ty Ty? When does Jacob come back? I mean, there's some, some question marks for Kentucky and some very tough at Tennessee and at Arkansas are re- about as tough of places to play as there, as there are. And Tennessee's excited now. Uh, they're winning some games and they have revenge on their mind after getting blown out at Rupp Arena. So, you know, if they're without Ty Ty and maybe without Jacob again, uh, that's a, a tall order. But, but it, the possibility is there. And this is a really good Kentucky team that I wouldn't put really anything past at this point. No, they really seem to be uh, 
it's a word Calipari uses. Sometimes football coaches use it with offensive lines. Connected. This team seems very connected right now, and you you see that on the defensive end, I think, because you know Wheeler does a great job of, of pressuring the opposing point guard, but other than that, they don't have a you know a, a DeAndre Liggins type lockdown defender. They don't have anything close to a, you know an Anthony Davis or Nolan's Noel at the rim, so they have to play excellent team defense, and they really seem to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, they've I. I you know, on on Valentine's Day, I would say that this team, in a lot of ways, I've been thinking about this sort of like in the big picture context of what this team potentially means for the program, for Cal, for the fan base. This team feels a little after last season, especially. This team feels a little bit like a love letter <laughs> to the fans. That's you know, a the, point. The, yes. the frustrated, the, the frustrated uh, fan base um, with one and dones, right? So now they're, now Cal gives them his most veteran team that, that he's ever had, uh, with, you know, there's a lot of fans that want to feel like, um, these guys aren't just stopping through that they want, that they want to be at Kentucky, that they understand Kentucky. I mean, is anybody ever that's been here for such a short period of time put off that vibe more than Oscar Shibwe, who, who it seems like, you know, he loves being at Kentucky more than anybody I've ever met. Um, it, it just, uh, you know, wanting to see guys play a connected, unselfish, as you talk about, you know, an unselfish style, uh, care about defense more than scoring, care about all the little things more than scoring, um, kind of embrace what Kentucky basketball is. To me, it, it, this team is like a total love letter to, to a fan base that was, uh, you know, ha- had a bad breakup <laughs> with, with, with basketball last season and, and has kind of been frustrated for a little while now. It's it's kind of amazing to think about what a complete 180 this this season and this team has been from what everybody saw a year ago. And obviously there are extenuating circumstances, but nonetheless, um, something dramatic had to happen and something dramatic has happened. I, I just think people have totally fallen in love with this uh, this Kentucky team because of all those things. They're connected. Uh, they defend. They dive. You know, dive on the floor. Um, they pick each other up. It, it Saturday in particular to me was really something to see um just sort of like the way the crowd was and, and responded to that team and how they they roared for some all the little things they were doing and how the air really went out of the building when Ty Ty got hurt and it felt like maybe they weren't going to be able to get that atmosphere back cuz everybody's sitting there worried about Ty Ty and then this this team just played so well uh, without him, I think everybody kind of let go of that worry and just appreciated in the moment what that team was doing, just absolutely stomping the gas against a, a good, pretty good team that was desperate, um, even without Ty Ty. And so, yeah, that 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 on Valentine's Day, that for sure comes to mind to me to the fan base that needed it. Uh, we're talking with Kyle Tucker from theAthletic.com, and uh, his latest story there uh, focuses on. Oscar Shibway and, and starts out with just uh, a really kind of a, a, a sweet story that kind of following the theme you were just talking about. Uh, I, I was at practice on, on Friday and, and they were, saw them uh, taking a picture with this uh, young lady. Uh, her name's Lauren, who um, is in a wheelchair and is sightless because of a, a medical condition. But um, the um, team was talking to her and, and Oscar in particular he promised her he he said we will as you write we will win and I will get 20 rebounds for you well he got 19 uh, and uh, to go with 27 points and um, he uh, talked about it after the game and just uh, 
uh, sweetest young lady, and uh, you know, Oscar is just, you know, he is so so genuine, and that uh, you know, heart as as big as the the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and uh, it's it's no no surprise how much uh, fans adore him now. No, I, I, he's <laughs> he's going to be uh, he is going to be one of the most beloved Kentucky players, certainly of the Cal Perry era. Um, I thought people were were really going to like Oscar. I, I thought Oscar was going to be really productive, but I I don't think anybody could have imagined just sort of what a what a um, inc- one incredible player, but two just what a connection he was going to form with with all these people and and you. You know the other thing that stands out from Saturday and from many other games, home games, is just this giant line of people oh. um, waiting to get a picture with him or an autograph from him. And you know he he signed them before he came to talk to the media and went back and signed some more. Um, he pretty much stays as long as, as as people want him to until somebody comes and pulls him out of there. Um, you know that uh, that stuff sticks with people and 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 the way he talks about it. Um, you know the way he talked about that interaction with uh, Lauren, the young girl. Uh, the way he talks about sort of what he he feels is kind of an obligation to the fan base. Um, you know, he said the way we the way they follow us and care for us. You know, I've encouraged my teammates to do the same thing I'm doing. Like, just give them your time. And um, that is not. A, I don't think that's necessarily a, a normal thought, thought process for star athletes all the time. Um, I mean, many do that, but. Oscar's really taking it to an extreme and you know obviously anything can happen in the NCAA tournament but if this team goes on any kind of run at all uh, I don't even think they have to win at all I think if he just if they go deep again and he keeps playing the way he's playing um, he's going to go down as an all-timer I think at Kentucky and I, I don't think I predict would have predicted that before the season you know people sometimes will say you know Calipari could run for governor and be the governor of Kentucky I think at the moment, he might have to be the, the lieutenant governor to Oscar if they form any kind of uh, political ticket. Uh, Oscar would be a, a runaway winner. Uh, we're going to get to a quick break. Come back with more from Kyle Tucker at theathletic.com. Good time to subscribe with the, the tournaments on the horizon. Uh, tremendous content like the story we're talking about with uh, Oscar. Another one we'll talk about with uh, uh, Kyle's tuck, uh, colleague Seth Davis uh, when we get back. It is the Leach Report served up by Wild It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Very entertaining Super Bowl game and a very uh, widely, it seems, appreciated and enjoyed halftime performance of uh, some stars from the hip-hop era. Kyle Tucker's with us from TheAthletic.com. Did you like the game and the show? Yes, to both. It was a uh, the halftime show was like basically my uh, my childhood slash teen years, uh, all uh, all unfolding in front of my face. It, it, it was a big. Uh, I felt like there was just in general a big a uh, a big uh, push for nostalgia. It seems like that's mm-hmm. happening in general right now. But there was some some nostalgia and a lot of the commercials and uh, the uh, the clever Bitcoin commercial that was just a like a pong style. Um, uh, QR code uh, bouncing, neon QR code bouncing across the screen um, to try to get people to see what it was. That was 
pretty clever and uh, a throwback. So, yeah, I, there, the theme was certainly nostalgia to me in that one. Uh, see a tweet from Tony Dungy, uh, the NBC analyst, former coach and player. Uh, the officials were determined to ignore every violation when the ball was in play and only call false starts, delay of game, and taunting. They maintained that posture for 58 minutes and 39 seconds. Then they started officiating. That was bad. I think that's well said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was. I mean, there were like, there were like, like one. There was like one or two penalties until the last drive of the game, or something crazy like that, uh, on uh, on the Bengals. And uh, and then just kind of disaster. I think I think the Bengals definitely got got jobbed uh, there. And I, I don't have a dog in the fight, but I was super disappointed for all the people that that mattered to. I, I thought it was really cool seeing Cincinnati, this, the city, and the fan base um, have their moment. You know, I think that's a great thing in sports when when the underdog, the, the long suffering fan base, uh, gets its moment. And I, and I I mean, you know, for. A, good part of the night i thought cincinnati was going to win the super bowl which felt just absolutely stunning so yeah, uh, his point pretty, there pretty is, depressing uh, that they didn't um i think is it applies to uh, the officiating in in all sports is as a player you just want consistency if it you know what what's a, a foul or a violation or whatever you know in the first quarter or the first few minutes is is uh, the same at the end and uh, that wasn't the case so that as tony dungy said was bad um Yep. Let's uh, get back to uh, a little hockey uh, basketball and Ty um, uh, Ty. If uh, he is not available tomorrow night, uh, how could they uh, get the win at Tennessee if they don't have him? Well, Davion Mintz becomes a much bigger factor. Uh, you know, I think it'd be interesting to see. To you know, Cal seemed to really lean into the too big thing, which you know. A little bit of a throwback there, but it worked pretty well. Lance and uh, Lance and, and Oscar uh, playing together against Florida. Um, I think you probably need to be more guard oriented against uh, against Tennessee. They've they've got some really good guards. They've got the you know the five star obviously Kennedy Chandler, but then they've got this 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 little kid that came out of nowhere, um, a freshman kind of mighty might guard that's that's quick and really pushes things and, and plays smart, doesn't turn it over a ton. Uh, and so, you know, that's that's a little bit of a challenge, especially if you don't have Ty Ty in that game. I think there's a, a huge revenge factor um, mm. there for Tennessee when, you know, Cal's mentioned it a few times, and when you beat somebody like that in game one and then the second game's at their place, um, you know, that's going to be a tall order. Uh, I think, too, just the fact that Tennessee's got some confidence going now. Everybody knows too, especially you know the better Kentucky plays, the bigger the you know the bigger the bounty for taking them down. You know the the better that win is on your NCAA tournament resume if you can be one of the handful of teams that's beaten Kentucky. Um, so all those things are at play. You're, you're certainly nothing new there, but you're certainly going to get Tennessee's best shot and, and that crowd. You know their best crowd. Um, I think it's a big challenge, but you know Davion Mintz has played really well lately and you know talk about guys it's easy to root for and and you know that the fan base has really adopted and fallen in love with he's he's very high on that list as well and uh you know and his play has matched that i think over the last five or five games or so he's shooting about 50 percent from three he hit some ridiculous ones in the uh in the florida game had a at a you know crossover step back three as they kind of buried uh florida there towards the end so you're built for it, you know. You're built to survive 
some time without Ty Ty. And Cal pointed out, you know, we can play without one of those guys. We can't survive without two. You know, when, when Ty Ty and Sevier were both out in the LSU-Auburn game, uh, games, that was just unsustainable. But, I, you know, I think with if they know he's out and they've got time to prepare without him, uh, and, you know, you don't lose anybody else, then you still got a fighting chance for sure. About a minute here uh, at theathletic.com. Uh, Your colleague Seth Davis is continuing a series uh, going through each league and talking to coaches, uh, getting some anonymous uh, opinions from coaches about the various top contenders in each league. And, and the Kentucky uh, piece that's uh, at theathletic.com today, uh, one of the uh, quotes he has here in his story is, this might be John Calipari's best coaching job. And this is coming from other coaches. Everyone talks about the one-and-dones, but he's got transfers from Davidson, Creighton, and Georgia. Um, Good, very good point. And Cal is uh, certainly, I mean, he is having, it seems like the time of his life at the moment coaching this group. I think so, too. Uh, you know, I think it's a, it is a great coaching job. I think it was a, a smartly assembled roster after a lot of criticism about roster construction for, you know, a couple of years now. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is still having to get a bunch of new guys to play together and, and watching how they play together and, and, and sort of, sacrifice for each other and don't seem to care who gets the shine or the credit um you know that's what cal does really well you know and and he does it in a short period of time and he's done it again but this time with some older and more mature guys and um yeah i think i think just seeing some issues that needed badly to be addressed and addressing them um you know speaks to what a good coach does you know adjust and and you wonder did cal have another big you know a big philosophical change in him you know, as older coaches, as coaches get older, they they get a little more stubborn. But and Cal has felt a little stubborn leading up to this year. But he made some big changes, and they have really played played out nicely. And uh, you know, if it wasn't for for Tommy Lloyd at Arizona, I think Cal might be in the serious conversation for National Coach of the Year. I don't think he's going to get it because of that, but uh, uh, he might get it in the SEC. Pearl, Pearl's probably going to be, again, in his own league, tough to beat for that, but he's in that conversation. You can read uh, the story we are talking about uh, from Kyle about Oscar Sheboy at theathletic.com and the one from Seth Davis as well. So, again, great time to subscribe as the tournaments are coming up. Uh, Kyle joins us on Mondays here on the Leach Report. Thank you. Thank you. Close out this edition of the show when we come right back. Ivan Reitman, uh, who was the producer of Animal House, the director of Ghostbusters, uh, has passed away at the age of 75. So uh, he did some uh, some great work. That uh, uh, Stripes is another one for him. Some of my uh, some of my favorites. Um, his son uh, was the director of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is uh, out uh, I think late last year. Outstanding movie, especially if you're a uh, Ghostbusters fan and. Uh, Belated condolences to the family of Daryl Bishop, former Wildcat uh, safety, uh, number 80. Also played uh, basketball as a walk-on. Had a walk-off interception to win a game at Vandy in 1971. The uh, last uh, Kentucky player to do something like that, and uh, he passed last week. This also would have been uh, Jared Lorenzen's birthday. Other Wildcat birthdays, Larry Seipel and uh, former Kentucky basketball player Ray Edelman. We'll see you tomorrow on the Leach Report. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.